Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAers. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey and welcome to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast an adulting advice podcast production i'm danny sheriff and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly this podcast aims to educate inform and keep you motivated on your period and ha recovery track let's dive in Hey guys, welcome back to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea podcast. I'm here with Ashley Smith. She has quite a story to tell. I came on, was like, I somewhat, I know her story in um, installments, in like live installments as as they're happening, where for the first time, I'm going to like sit down and go through the whole shebang um, from start to finish as concisely as we possibly can, which might be a challenge. I'll do my best to be like, all right, like round it up for this chapter. <laughs> like this is really cooler than I thought it was going to be because it like actually is, you actually are kind of at the end of the saga. Now we get to like tell it from the beginning. So 
Yeah, it's definitely kind of a great time to be doing this because it definitely, uh, we do get to like almost have this full recovery more than I intended. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, okay, just like go, go. <laughs> okay, go. So um, I definitely just want to share my story from the very, very beginning um, of when I started to lose weight, but I was on the birth control Mirena. And so I had lost my period, but nobody ever really looked up from their paperwork, like, no nurses every single time, like they would ask, when was your last cycle? I'd be like, oh, I don't even know, maybe like two years ago, like a year ago. And like, they wouldn't even like flinch and, and they would be like, oh, are you on the IUD? And I say, yes. So that's kind of like where I first, I guess, thought, quote unquote, learned that this was okay and that this was normal because every time I went to the doctor, um, whether it was just for like a checkup or yearly, like nobody was concerned that I lost my period. Nobody. So I was like, okay, well, if they're not concerned, then I'm not concerned. So I just kind of kept going um, until I kind of didn't have my period for five years. And so it's kind of weird to say that out loud like, oh, a body function completely shut off for five years. Um, so I think it was almost about two years after I didn't have my period on, on uh, Mirena. That's when I was like, you know, I think I should have a period. You know, <laughs> like my body's meant to have a period. So I'm going to have a period. <laughs> like I need to figure out what's going on. Um, and then that's when I really started to like dig in deep into the period repair manual, beyond the pill, like all these great resources that were like, no, you need to ovulate. And this is why. And it was the first time I'd ever been educated on why I need to ovulate, the benefits of ovulating, um, how it's not just to get pregnant, because that was another question that every single time I would say, no, I don't have my period. They would kind of just ask like, hey, do you want to have kids? And I didn't at the time, you know? So I was just like, okay. Um, and so that's when my, like, I would say my eyes started to open of like, wait, there's something else going on. So I got off birth control and a lot of the recommendations is that, you know, wait about three to six months. Sometimes it, it could take up to a year. So you're really kind of in this limbo of what is patiently waiting and what is kind of like just sticking your head in the sand even further, right? Um, so I kind of did both. I was like, well, I guess this technically isn't a problem until I guess a year max when I don't have my period. So once that hit and then I, I became more concerned about not having my period and I was like, wait, like, no, I think I need to have a period and no one's concerned that I don't have one. Um, but me and these two doctors that I follow on Instagram are the only people that are screaming, <laughs> you need to have your period. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I know it sounds bad to be educated off of Instagram, but honestly, if it wasn't for those doctors constantly posting information, I would have never known. I just would have kept going based off of what the doctors I was seeing in real life were saying, which was, you don't know, like, it's not a concern. So that was kind of when that started. Um, that's when I would say that my quest to have a period got really, um, like sped up. I really started to be like, wait, hold on, what's going on? Um, and even then, I bounced a lot between like PCOS, 
and HA, you know, so that whole thing of like irregular periods, you know, like your hair falling out, acne, you know, just stuff like that. And so I have some symptoms of PCOS, but then I was also very lean at the time. Mm-hmm. And I would say that I didn't realize how lean I was. How long as well? Um, Cause you hadn't always been that lean. Did you right. mention, did, I miss, did you mention your weight loss bit? Yeah. So no, actually I completely forgot about that. So when I first started to lose weight, um, things were fine. But when I really um, hit the probably 30 pound, 40 pound mark is when my period like poof disappeared. Right. So yeah, you lost like 30 to 40 pounds and then. It, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. right. Yeah. So again, once you um, lose that amount of weight, the last thing that you want to do is put it back on. So I most definitely um, sat in this denial phase for a really long time. And I think that's why I was really comfortable with not having my period for like a full year after getting off of birth control. Um, Yeah, because I mean, to be honest, I just didn't want to put back on that weight. And and at that time, which is very interesting, I mean, like we all know that that the BMI charts are like, ridiculous and they're actually not helpful or applicable in any way was that um I was still at a quote-unquote healthy weight and yeah you you did everything right you were absolutely perfect (laughs) (laughs) right you know I was still um even considered like overweight by the BMI right yeah yeah eye roll complete eye roll right um And then like, I was still eating so much more than everybody around me. So it was just these things of like not adding up until I actually really saw you share your story. That was the light bulb switch of like, oh, hold on. This is real. And it became so real that it was the first time that I had that huge gut check of seeing somebody who looked like me that wasn't like extremely like rail thin Mm -hmm. to where you're like, Oh, they definitely have HA, you know? Yeah. And like an eating disorder and anorexia nervosa and like everything. Yeah. They're like, they think they're normal like me. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, like the whole thing is that you start to look up HA and they have put it in such a box to where mm. if you don't fit anything that's in that box, I'm like, no, that's not me. Like, I'm not anorexic. Like, I mm. um, am not a dancer. I am, I just want to get more jacked. You know what I mean? Mm. That was really just my goal then. So, mm. so shrinking in that way was not on my mind. So any type of like literature that you would come across would always classify it as like this eating disorder or just this one type of person or set of conditions that could have HA. So then when I found out that you had it, and really, I think the first time that I was like, okay, I'm really going to take this seriously is when I think you missed a period and you're like, no guys, it's real. Um, I missed my second period or something like that. And I was like, oh man, like, like, uh, this is real. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I had gone years, gotten like one or two, or yeah, maybe just one. And then I like ran back in the other direction, um, back to weight loss and stuff. I was like, I've got my period back. It's probably going to stay this time. Went back to old habits and it didn't come back again. And I was like, okay, everyone, (laughs) 
just so you know, this is now, this is what happens when you do that. Like just. But ugh, that was yeah. so powerful. That was so powerful for, for me to see that I actually wound up, um, I started to like research then about, I actually even sent you the study that I found. It was HA in non-underweight women. Mm. And so when I saw all the stats, like um, whether it was body fat percentage, their like food intake, all these things, I was like, that's me. It was the first time other than seeing your story that I actually saw myself in a set of like research to where I was like, I can't run from this. This is really yeah. what it is. And so it was really that study and you that was just kind of set me on this medical journey <laughs> of fighting yeah, for my yeah. period. Yeah. So this is kind of like where it starts. Of, so imagine having like, I mean, you obviously been down this road, but coming out of this place of not sticking your head in the sand anymore, you've accepted that this is what it is. You're like, okay, um, I know I'm going to have to gain weight. And so you are finally on this road to like, okay, like I'm going to do this. So when I started to see doctors, they were like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't have HA or like, you're not lean enough. Mm. And, I'm, and so now I'm sitting here in multiple doctor's offices, having to like really stand up for myself, but slightly sit here and be like, am I going to have to educate you that I need to ovulate for you to take me serious? You know what I mean? It's a very strange position to be in as the patient talking to someone of authority in that matter who's gone to school. And so I clearly want to like respect them. But there's, um, I remember my first endocrinologist, which took me six months to get into, and then she wasn't going to see me for another six months. So like, like, how are you supposed to treat anything with? Yeah. Really how do you get anything done if well, everyone you I see is like every six months? Well, that's why I told the receptionist whenever she tried to book. That's right. Out, oh yeah. yeah, yeah you had a whole like, drama. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how is anyone supposed to get better if I don't ever see my doctor? Anyways. So I went to her and I was like, Hey, I don't have my period. And the first thing out of her mouth was, well, do you want to have kids? And so I ran into that a lot. Mm. And so I simply told her, I said, I feel like I have to tell you that I want to have kids in order for you to take me seriously. And then, so I think right then and then she was like, Oh, right. So that may not have started things off, but I wanted her to know that I needed to be heard, right? And so I told her that I didn't have a period and she was like, well, women don't need to bleed. And I was like, um... Dun, dun, dun. Like, <laughs> like, what do you do when you tell your doctor that you want your period? This is an endocrinologist, right? And <sighs> she comes back with, well, women don't need to bleed. And so I wasn't that far educated then in order to say, yes, you're right. I don't need to bleed, but I do need to right. ovulate. Yeah. You didn't have the verbiage at the time to have an argument with her. It's just right. like, I just knew that I needed to have my period and people were not taking me seriously. Yeah. So, um, I will say that she did an amazing job of running all these different tests. I mean, massive tests. I mean, genetic testing, like everything that could ever possibly make you lose your period. And even then I wasn't in this full acceptance of, um, HA yet. So like, so like I might've gotten this story a little mixed up, but I still wasn't there yet. And so I remember going to Israel and I just ate all the good food there. I didn't really work out. I had this amazing vacation. My husband had just came home 
from deployment. So I was eating out, enjoying, and nothing, nothing, not like not a symptom, sign, or nothing of ovulation, right? And so I did put on 10 pounds there. And so when I came back, I was like, I have put on weight. I am eating more, you know? And so she was like, well, I don't know what it is. So we're just going to classify it as HA. And that was the very first time I heard of it. Right. And so I was like, what? She was like, yeah, well, we can't find out the other cause. So we're just going to put it in this box of HA. And so at the time, because I wasn't that educated, I was like, what? Like that is your diagnosis is just to put me in this box just because you simply can't figure it out. Never did she say, you know, Ashley, I know that you are not as lean as many people that have this condition, but you're going to need to eat more. Ashley, like you're going to need to tone back on like you're working out. Like you're going to need to let your body rest. You're going to need to do this for at least like three months or for however long you start having symptoms. Right. Like her suggestion was, um, just go to the IVF specialist. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I was telling my husband all about this journey, right? So he's like, I don't, I'm not even trying to get pregnant. Are you listening that's to the me? Whole issue. No, that's like the whole issue. It's like, I was like, what? And so she was like, well, I could just give you birth control. And it's just like the same thing as having, as like ovulating. And that's when I was like, no, actually it's not. I don't want um, synthetic hormones. Um, I want to, I need my own. Like I need my own for all no the reasons. Yeah, gotcha. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so we went to the IVF specialist and he was like, oh yeah, this is definitely HA. Mind you, no one has yet to explain actually what the hell what it even is. <laughs> how, how it happens and what you can do to like reverse it. And so he was like, yeah, you know, just get on birth control until you're ready to have kids. And then whenever you're ready, just come see me. And so when he recommended birth control, it was like my husband's mouth dropped and he was like, every single time you go somewhere, they just try to give you birth control, which was for like years. They were like, just, just go on birth control. Just go on birth control. Just go on birth control. And I was like, um, no guys, I don't know if anyone's listening to me, but I want to have my own period, <laughs> you know? So then she wound up saying, well, it's either HA or you have ovarian failure, ovarian failure. <laughs> Sorry. And I was just like at 30, at 30, you're telling me that like my ovaries are done. Like they just basically just died inside me and like I went from having a period to nothing, right? So that was my experience with like, I mean, I had two different endocrinologists. I had two naturopathic doctors who also did not diagnose me with HA. Um, and my last one that I had before the one I have now, she was like, that's not going to work. Like basically the whole all in approach. Mm-hmm. And so I was just sitting here like, wow, like nobody knows what it is. Like the two naturopathic doctors that I went to, they never once even came to this conclusion. Um, and then one of them was just like, yeah, I don't think that's going to work for you. Well, yeah, I didn't think it would for me either. So fair enough. Well, touche, you know, like I had my doubts, but then when I saw you do it, I was like, wait, no, I do know it works. And then that's when I got introduced to no period now what and it was like this stack of information of no this does work and this is why it works and here's the studies that like 
prove that it works. So it was the first time that I had ever been educated and literally, um, I feel like for you as well, although you had these confusing symptoms where you like, it could be all of these different things. Um, it really like, for me, when I hear your story, it always comes down to the fact that like, you just, you lost like 30 to 40 pounds, not, um, pretty quickly. And I'm willing to bet on a pretty low fat diet. So It's like, it's just like those, that information, if I were a practitioner, if you had just told me that it would have made things so clear, just like knowing what we know now that it was right there in front of you the whole time. Oh, absolutely. That's the crazy thing. And the thing is that I had never once been asked any of that. You know what I mean? Because at the time, like, um, I mean, like I did lose the 30 pounds over a over a year so it wasn't just like within three months or it wasn't this like fad diet it was low calorie and like it was low fat that did eventually get me to that but when I when I started to look into why I wasn't having my period like I was probably eating I mean I don't know if you want to say numbers around here or anything like that um I am doing I'm saying numbers but thank you for checking people can um, skip ahead like 15 to 30 seconds now, but I do share, allow it to share because it is helpful for some people. Yeah. So it was really helpful for me because I, whenever I had first started to look for my period, I was eating like around 1800 calories. So it wasn't this like, obviously that's not as high as like it needs to be, but it wasn't this drastically low that would be alarming. Right. So again, all the literature that you would see would point to like, uh, like 1200 calories, 1100 calories. And so again, being able to see you say, no, I was crushing this amount of food and I still didn't get my period back. Like, again, that was extremely important for me to hear because it, because it made me have to look at what I was doing and being, it's, you you know what I mean? And just have to. Yes. I I actually want to linger on this goal for, from this point for one second you're so right. So every example of like a diet that's taking it too far is like the 1000 to 1200 calories. And you, and so you, if I never ate that low, I reckon I never ate that low. So it makes me actually feel like, uh, okay. So I was eating a lot. And for a long time, when I was eating 1800 calories, I thought that was a lot of calories. I didn't realize. So like the concept of 2,500 calories back then was completely wild. And so I just want to like, cause this is going to resonate for a lot of people that 1800 calories is not very much. And it's just that we don't hear that represented as a low calorie diet very often, but it is. And I more often hear it. I think I've only ever heard it really classified in like random podcasts and stuff as like a really good maintenance calorie amount. But it's, and I think that that's common and it's very high. uh, It's very low for maintenance calories. That's exactly, that's exactly like I was maintaining at 1800. You know what I mean? Um, And so again, like I did want to bring it up because I do think that that was again, a light bulb for me because in the study that I'll just send you just in case people want to look at it, um, the range for calories was like 1750. Right. And I was like, yeah, I can't ignore that. You know, um, I forgot what I was talking about before that, but <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like super important. 
I don't know where I was going. I mean, let's just let's just pick back up from you had so your experience with doctors has been pretty consistent. Birth control, screw it. Um, you've been classified as HA. You don't really know what it means. You're starting to kind of figure it out by yourself. You had found no period now what, and you had read all about it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's when I really started to kind of not need the doctors anymore. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about this journey is that I had been, I mean, cause I even had a stint of where, um, they put me on hormone replacement therapy and that went horribly wrong for me. So if that's what's something that someone's doing more power to you, I just had a horrible reaction to that. Um, because looking back, I did have symptoms of HA. Like I was having night sweats, like from like low estrogen, like, like, so like so many nights I woke up soaked. Right. So naturally it was, okay, well let's try hormone replacement therapy. And then, um, that's when my thyroid started to dip as well. So I had all these other issues that could like be, you know, part of the issue. Um, yeah. And so I wound up getting really, really depressed and emotional, like highly emotional and depressed on hormone replacement therapy. And so I knew that I had to like stop that. Like I finally found, well, one of the doctors that was like, HA's not going to work for you. She thankfully got me off of hormone replacement therapy, started to treat my thyroid. Um, and that's a whole nother story. But um, after that, that's when I was like, okay, I have literally tried everything else. I have got to try the all-in approach. And that's what kind of pushed me into the all-in approach was because I had such a horrible reaction to HRT and mm. all these other doctors that I was like, I literally can't keep going back to them. Like I cannot yeah. keep wasting money on another doctor, keep wasting time on another doctor. Um, and then when I saw it work for you, I was like, yeah, like it's time. Yeah. And then you hear all these stories of it working for other people. So it sounds like you're like, yeah, let's take a break from the medications and take this holistic approach that on paper is very easy. Right, right. So, yeah. So I remember I texted you or probably DM'd you and I was like, all right, I'm going for it. And so that's when I was going from 1800 to like, like 2000. And I remember being so right. full in the beginning. I was <laughs> like, what do you mean people are crushing like 2,500? You know what I mean? Because ideally, like I was already coming from a place of just eating just a lot of whole foods. And so trying to crush that much and, and like, I mean, like no protein bars, no protein shakes, just a lot of whole foods. And so to try to continue that while doing 2,500 um, was a challenge. <laughs> so that's when I definitely started to switch to just like protein shakes, protein bars, you know what I mean? Mm. Definitely more processed food. Um, just to get the calories in. And that wasn't like me eating complete junk, which is so interesting. Not that I feel either way about it, but it's interesting to see people's like morality that they place on food really start to spike whenever you're like, I'm going to enjoy this chocolate or this bag of M&Ms because I need to finish these last few calories and I'm already stuffed or just simply because I want it, you know? So while I started that journey, um, I would check the Facebook page for the no period now what 
every morning and every night. Like I was stalking that so bad because I just needed to see if it was working for other people. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, every single time I'd jump on there, someone would be like, I got my period back. I got my period. Yeah. So it's so literally like I needed that. I needed to Mm -hmm. see it working for other people to keep me going like each day and being like, well, I'm just about to put on all this weight that I lost and like kept off. Mm-hmm. And so I needed, I needed this other form of like support and encouragement to keep going. You know what I mean? Because if um, you don't go and seek that out, you're only going to get reinforcing messages about doing the opposite. That's all absolutely. you'll find. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I needed that. And so lo and behold, four weeks later, I got my period back. Mm-hmm. four weeks and think about that whole debacle that I just went through you know what I mean no. four weeks I got so my question question yeah. uh for the listener's sake and for my own so when you went most most so far of the interviews I've done with the stories that everyone started half in everyone dipped their toe in oh I went up a little bit I know you, like, you went up 2,000 calories but did you so would, would you consider yourself one of the people that went proper all in the day that you decided to? Um, yeah, because I think I spent so much time half in and half out before, like mm-hmm. with my exercise, like before I would be like, well, I'll just like take it down a few notches when I do CrossFit and then I won't do as many sets of lifting afterwards. Cause I would do a CrossFit class and mm-hmm. then lift afterwards. So I completely stopped all of that. And I, I actually oh just lifted. I just yes. lifted during the whole entire time. I remember that. I just did like a bodybuilding lifting just because it was like low impact. Like mm-hmm. I didn't get my heart rate above a hundred. You know, I was just getting out of the house and I was just moving and yeah. it wasn't to lose weight. It was really more this thing of, it's something that I've always done and I've always enjoyed. And so really doing it without the goal of weight loss was really, um, was really awesome. Because sometimes you question if you only do things, if it produces weight loss, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now like when, when it makes so much sense that you would do it so that you can just keep moving later in life and to operate your body at, I mean, this is just a whole other tangent, but yeah, it's very, but yeah, like we're all, we're all unable to imagine valuing those things over weight loss. (laughs) Absolutely. Like I was hiking during this whole time too. Not like the massive hikes that I used to do. Um, mm-hmm. but I saw this like woman, she had to be 90. I kid you not. She, she had a massive pack on and she's taking her time going down this really steep hill and she went camping by herself. And like, that's the dream. That's what I mean. And I'm like, man, no, I want to be 90 still taking my time being in nature, hiking and coming down and doing these things. And so for me, um, that's just, it's just been really beautiful to see that I still enjoy these things um, without. Yes. You actually enjoy them more. You would definitely enjoy them more. And here's why, because you're not on that hiking trip, enjoying that beautiful view and thinking at the same time, when the hell is my next meal? That's why you're, that is why you're enjoying it more. Cause you don't care. In fact, you're not like looking at the clock, like, oh, this is really pretty, but we better head back because it's nearly like 1230. You're like, and I didn't pack the, enough food. Or exactly. I don't you're like, that. this yeah. is so pretty. 
let's just, I had a big breakfast. I'm feeling good. Let's stay out here all day and we'll just get back and we'll have an, like an early dinner and it'll be massive and it'll be great. Like it's so freeing and it feels so good to be like, to just feel like that. And like, you could do anything and, and your schedule and your ability to enjoy things because of like food isn't, it's just not impacted. It's great. Well, yeah, definitely. And so I would say probably like seven months, maybe it was six. Like I really noticed that my meals had naturally just reduced in size. Cause like, if like, whenever I was eating only like 1800 calories, the amount of food that I would eat due to volume, mm-hmm. which is massive meals all the time, just like these massive meals. And now it's just kind of like, Oh, like what time is it? I don't even know what time it is because yeah. I'm not, because like, I'm not on a, not saying that I'm not on a food schedule. Like, like your body has its own rhythm, but it's not like, okay, well it is 12 o'clock and that means lunchtime. It was like, Oh, it's just 12 o'clock. Yeah. You know you're not mean? rigid about any of it. Yeah. Anymore. yeah so I definitely kind of went all in again because I saw you being so open with like, yeah, I got my period, but then I tried to lose weight and it's gone. And so I was like, Ashley, you're going to get through this. Mm. You're going to go hardcore for three months and you're going to get your period back and you're not going to mess around. And this is what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like I knew Mm -hmm. I had to be, I mean, I'm pretty determined on in like anything I do. So with that, I was like, you're not messing around. Like, you know, like, no, like we are not dragging this out for another five years. Like, you know what I mean? I was just like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Absolutely not. So when I got my period back in four weeks, I just sat there and I was just like, the happiest. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like the happiest person in the entire world because it was almost like this own justification of all those doctors that either kept trying to put me back on birth control or the doctors that didn't believe that this was going to work or didn't even think that I had HA. I was just sitting here and it was just kind of like one of those moments where you're like no I know my body like I know my body and you don't and that is okay and I don't need your approval to like go forward in a different direction and I'm right (laughs) you know what I mean it was just one of those things of like I'm right you know it's kind of empowering like for the rest of your life you know that you can question these things it's nice well totally well definitely especially when it came to my thyroid so it's interesting, granted, like, I'm sure someone who has a higher thyroid score than, than like I did may have issues getting their period back, but it's very interesting that my thyroid actually didn't improve when I got my period back. So one of the things that I was worried about was that from eating so low calorie for so long that I had messed up my thyroid, right? Um, were you hype? You were hypothyroid. Hypo. Hypothyroid. Hypo underactive so I mean I mean like like, okay because you said a score as high as yours I don't have a thyroid issue so I don't know enough about it yeah so anything above like a one or two you can start to feel symptoms like around four five like which is where I was like to the point where I was sleeping like 10 hours a day and then taking naps for two hours in the afternoon um which looking back probably actually really helped me recover because I was just mm-hmm. so exhausted all the time. It's only actually now that I have my thyroid as in like the last week is finally in order. So this cool. is like, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. So what was empowering about getting my period back was that when, whenever I was still 
feeling this sluggish and awful because I remember sitting here being like is this what health is supposed to feel like is this what the other side of gaining my period is supposed to feel like is sleeping 10 hours a day and taking two hour naps I was like no like this is not normal and so by conventional doctors anything under a five like you're fine you know what I mean when really for naturopathic medicine or functional medicine anything like they really want you between like a one or a two. So when I, so when I was at a four, like I felt empowered enough to be like, no, I'm telling you, I don't feel well. I am not okay. I, I cannot keep taking two hour naps every single day, like, and sleep 10 hours a day. Like, you know, like you, like this is not normal. Yeah. Um, and so I actually found a really awesome doctor now who I trust <laughs> um, and was able to really get it within range. Great. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Great. So you had gotten your period back after four weeks going all in proper. None of this little bit in a little bit out Mm. like me and most. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating of course with this system so lots of information lots of case studies lots of stats we go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes in lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Most of the other listeners do. Let's be real. Um, 
so that's like, it's really motivating. And a part of me is like, I want to have AJ right now. So I could just like go and recover properly. Uh, I just need to do over. I just need to do over. <laughs> Let me do it again one more time. So I could actually like have more fun with it. But what, so, okay. I just like, where do we pick up now? I feel like you've done a very good job at concisely getting through it. Um, so good on, <laughs> I hope good so. for you. Good for you. And you, but you got it. And how, like, what about the next month or the month after that? So that's actually really interesting. It's been really cool to, so like once I, once I got it, it was like my body was coming alive again. I was like, what is going on? Just like small things about like my boobs would start hurting before my period. Right. And I'm like, mm. oh my gosh, like, wow. Ow. Like this is so painful, but it was like learning, you know how they talk about body literacy so literacy, it was yes like, it's oh. like it's it starts talking to you and we yes. had heard we had heard these concepts before and we're like yeah whatever like right. i'm in tune with my body blah 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 no right. <laughs> once you're cycling properly shit starts happening you're getting pimples in specific spots all the time you're yeah. you're feeling <laughs> you're like so i'm ovulating right now and so i'm like mad tired and i like mm. not creative i don't want to do like exciting work I just want to like do data and uh, and it's the same thing over and over and yes my boobs hurt a lot and you just like it's a little language and it starts speaking to you it's totally little language because I remember I mean like it's just a bunch of podcasts with chicks and nor do I care like I'm not shy about my body now (laughs) even at this point but just even small things of like your sex drive all of a sudden I was like oh wow oh that's my sex drive Oh, that has to be back. the best bit to get back. It has to be the well, best bit to get. Well, back. it's so funny because it's like our because like my husband will know when I'm ovulating, and I'm like, oh, like you know, because you know, like they pick up on like the pheromones and like all of, like the hormones, and so literally, like I know that I'm about to start ovulating when Blake's like looking at me extra, and I'm like, like what's going on? Or just even like uh, cervical mucus. I was like, oh, what is that? Because I, I had forgotten had about it. I'd forgotten yes. about cervical mucus. Yes. I was like, um, excuse me, what's going on? And it was like, well, because think about it, I think I went on birth control, like the pill. Oh, yeah, that's another part of it. Since I was 15. So mm-hmm. I had been on birth control for almost like, gosh, almost 15 years, probably like a little bit shy of 15 years. So you like have turned off your body and all these symptoms for like so long that you forget what it's like to like have a normal functioning cycle. And so just learning to actually be able to like predict like my ovulation or cause you know, like I also take my temperature. So just really learning like, okay, my temperature is doing this and my body's doing this. Like, okay, this is coming. Or mm-hmm. for the first time, like I had to deal with like PMS and being extra crazy. Right. And like, I hadn't had to deal with that for so long. Cause I just didn't have any hormones actually, you know? <laughs> Cause that was just like an empty shell of a human being. <laughs> <laughs> basically, um, basically just shut off a whole reproductive system and mm. everything that goes with that. And so I think that was really interesting too, was to learn that, no, having night sweats at 30 isn't normal. You know what I mean? Um, or simply to the point of like, whenever you ovulate, like your temperature increases. And so Blake is like, you are so hot right now. Like, do not, you know what I mean? Like, do not cuddle with me. Like you are a furnace. 
You know what I mean? So just even small things of like, just like sleeping extra hot at nights, just because like, I'm like, oh no, that's my progesterone. I'll keep that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's so, so like, it's very, it's just very fun. Um, it's, and it's fun to start, yeah, fertility awareness tracking and like all of the things that once upon a time you despised, you're like, damn, this mucus is like messing up my stuff Damn this period. It's stopping me from doing all these things, blah, blah, blah. And now you're just like, it's like fun. And the dry, boring days are like the least fun days to track. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, Oh, try to sometimes it's like wait 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 hold on where are you don't go away period like I have been like extra good to you body I've been good to you like where are you come on bring (laughs) up I just need another day with like a solid flow of blood then you can back off then yeah just like who am I (laughs) I know I know um I will say that I did have one month where um, I was like, sweet. All right. Because like you, I like to experiment. Like, what is it with my body? Like, where is the sweet spot? Like I know the safe zone and I know the danger zone, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't agree that it's one or the other. And I know that with proper fueling with food, I can incorporate more exercise that I enjoy obviously not to the degree that I did before. So like doing CrossFit five times a week plus lifting afterwards and then hiking on Saturday, um, it's probably not in my cards unless I'm sitting here willing just to pound a good amount of food. Yeah. And and like take a rest day on either side of that day. Like exactly. You learn how to balance it a little bit better. And that's a question that I get a ton in my DMs and stuff personally is like, but can I, can I go back to the gym again? Or can I lose weight again? It's like, yes, you can. It's just gonna look differently. But the good news about it is once you go through all of this and you get your period back and stuff, you don't, you you actually will be different, I believe. And you won't, want like you're worried about it right now because you're still in that mindset and you still want those things and you're half in but once you've done it and you've come out the other side you're so much more comfortable with going back to those things in a more balanced way and like you were saying uh with the experimenting piece like yeah yeah it's okay to to try and see like can i implement a little bit of this that i enjoy um, like e- extra long hiking or some whatever that I enjoy and just monitor what happens. And just now you're, now you're connected to your body. Now you're on speaking terms and it's okay to try these things. Just like be willing to go back again in the other direction if things start to disappear again. Yeah. And I think that's so important because I think before you can slice it however which way you want and that's totally up to you at first like i think we just have this delusion in society of what chasing health looks like and what the end result of chasing health looks like and so i think whenever you are presented with the all-in option you truly have to confront everything that you've learned about what health looks like right So it's like, at this point, if you choose to move forward with exercise, 
after you've gone down this journey of saying, I am putting my health first and what that looks like body-wise on the other side, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, then I think that you may, depending on your history, you know what I mean? Be at a position to add back in exercise as long as you're still constantly daily choosing to put health over what that could possibly look like in terms of body composition. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think mm -hmm. without that mindset of I'm not joking anybody anymore. And this is like all the conversation that I had with myself, you know, like, so like, like I have to be very firm with myself, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I can quickly go down the other way of, okay, if I want to add back in something, am I willing to continue to eat as much as I need to eat or how much my body says, not, not what I think, because what I thought before was enough is, was, was not true. But if my body says that is not enough food, am I willing to continue to add back in this food in order to support this exercise? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Constant so that's, dialogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And before, like you didn't have this communication with your body because all your hormones were suppressed, whether it was on birth control or you didn't have any. Basically. Yeah. And it makes yeah. me think of, I am, so I just did an episode as well with Meg Dole and she brought up this concept and it's, this feels like a, a good case scenario if anyone is resonating with it, which they will, where they're in that situation where they're like, I want to try and work out more. Now you're in that moment. Am I willing to do what it, like to not do this if it doesn't end up working out? Right. And she said, one of the, the things that I would ask myself, um, if I'm having this dialogue right now is how much of this am I making about my body as in my body image, like how I look right now. So if you look at, you know, what's the, what's the conundrum you're finding yourself in right now and you find oh it's basically because I don't want to gain weight and look a certain way, like how much of this conundrum is because of your body. And that should help you be able to, uh, objectively make a decision about what the right decision is. Cause we all know that that's, that that's not the, it's hard and, and it's important. Like, unfortunately the society we live in, it's hard to not like want to look a certain way, but we all know it's not right. <laughs> right. So. No, definitely. Especially when you come out the other end of like, am I doing this to control my weight gain Am I doing this to look a certain way or am I, or can I truly say that I am doing this because I enjoy doing that? Because I yeah. do think the other side of what some people who don't understand the all in journey is that you can't be, and this all depends on people's, I mean, the, the amount of like, like variability actually really of how someone responds, you know what I mean? Like I like mm -hmm. to think of it as like, like, like this is your stress response and you can choose to fill it with whatever you want. But as soon as you get here, it doesn't matter what it is. It's putting you over. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. it, you know, like it doesn't matter. So, um, because there are some people that are able to return back to being like an elite athlete, you know what I mean? But if you have a high stress job or you are a high stress person, or you have a like family, like tension or anything that could raise this, I do think that that's what then puts people over the edge to where it's not just this isolated thing of just exercise and food. You know what I mean? I think it's like the other things that you also fill your life with. You know what I mean? Yes. And so, yeah. And so 
I think for someone who's had HA, I think it has to be one of those trade-offs of if you want to like compete at a high level, then it's like, you have to make sure that everything else underneath that stress line is solid and is taken care of. And are you willing to take a few of those things off your plate? Like, are you willing to prioritize sleep as much as your body needs or food and rest and like just all these other things that I think it really um, just kind of calls into this thing of balance all over and not just an exercise in food. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and this can go in so many freaking directions. Like, I guess it's just, look, I know it's not fair because Mm, everyone is telling you be amazing in your career, be Mm -hmm. super fit and athletic, meditate every day, Mm -hmm. do like, just be this picture perfect human being. And when you go and do all those things and hypothalamic amenorrhea is how you get paid back for it. You're like, what the actual F is going on? Are you like, it's, it's unfair totally but yeah like you know like you're saying you have so many stress points that you can delegate out to different areas and i'm so sorry some people get 20 some people get 10 like you and yeah it sucks it freaking sucks but yeah and i think like getting over so i like to share when it comes to numbers and when it comes to types of exercise that people do but it's kind of like one of those things where if you don't get over that this isn't fair, you're going to be stuck in the cycle. I was in, I had this one person reach out to me and, and she only had to gain 10 pounds and she's still doing CrossFit. If, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I had to regain mm-hmm. literally 40 pounds plus. Mm-hmm. Then also I had hypothyroidism issues, but that's another, yeah. Still like. Yeah, but you know, but you know, I had to gain 40 pounds and stop all of that in order for my body to turn on. And so if I was too busy looking at, well, this person only needs to gain 10 pounds and they can still do this, I would still be half in, half out, maybe having my cycle, probably not having my cycle. So it's like really like one of those things that like you have to be committed to your body because that's the only body you're functioning in, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. So this brings me to, this is a great freaking segue, actually. Um, these, call, these talks always end up with the whole like, okay, so when you finally got your period back and basically threw away all these things that you thought were so important to you and you never wanted to stop doing, i.e. CrossFit, immediately followed by weightlifting, immediately followed by going home and eating five pounds worth of spinach, you thought you thought that was important to you actually now you've got your life back all these other things happen to all of us like I discovered drawing I love having all these podcasts now I like my life is just completely different so is yours and I would love to hear about the things that had you not gone down this journey of fixing it you would not have gotten now um, yeah, so you have a way cooler story than I do because you have been able to like really, I mean, like I love all the stuff that you um, put out. I think for me, I know this is so crazy, but so I'm in Texas right now and I feel like I'm in the middle of nowhere, literally. Like I used to live- Are you in like Dallas? 
I'm like right below Fort Worth. Oh my gosh. We have the exact, we both used to live in California, living life, uh, like not far from the coast or the mountains. It was so great. And now we both live in the middle of, of Texas. Yes. yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, so I was like always like maybe four or five hours from like hiking like the Grand Canyon. Uh, I mean, like literally <laughs> yes. like I was, I was hiking somewhere all the time. And so when I got here and I really was like, okay, let me look up the hike. And there was nothing. And I really, nothing. it's so bad. It, it's so nothing. It's, it, it is absolutely nothing on a nothing on a nothing. And that's okay. Because I realized that this is a season of rest for me. This is a season mm. that I have not given myself and honestly if i was still living in california having access to everything right now um i would not have i think that well i know it has everything to do with recovering faster because i literally rested i spent more time actually just chilling at home and um also like my husband just got out of not just got out but a year ago got out of active duty and so it's the first time that he's actually been home for like a whole year um and so really actually being okay with not being everywhere and doing everything and climbing everything not saying that like it's always gonna be like that uh, we're like we're here for maybe three to four years and so it's really just kind of like this season of rest of like hanging out and being okay not running everywhere you know what I mean mm-hmm. um you don't so, have to be Dora the Explorer all the time right now right because nothing's calling my name <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean you know like I still have a few trips and also I think it allowed me to really um make a lot of progress with my thyroid. So for me, it gave me the opportunity to really deal with all these health issues that I don't think I would have been able to do because I still would have been stressing and taxing my body when when like it was already depleted. You know what I mean? So it's like your body gives and gives and gives and then it hits that that like bottom and then like you're just so used to your body like producing and being able just to keep going. And so when you hit that bottom and it's like, no, I'm actually done, you know, to have this season to figure out my thyroid. And that even took over a year mm-hmm. of getting like a new doctor, you know? So, yeah. So I think it's really been able to like relax, like really relax and not for the sake of, like you said, like meditating or keeping all my plants alive. Yeah. Like being or- productively react. Like you have a checklist, it's relaxed, and you like check it off the list. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, this is my relaxing. I'm going to clean. I'm feeling so motivated to just go because I didn't. So I mean, this resonates with people. I haven't worked out today. Um, it's just it's been busy. Tuesday, I have tons of meetings, and I haven't. And I feel a little anxious that I haven't like been very active today. But hearing you talk about this right now is like relaxing me right now. Feels so good. Well. Yeah, it definitely came by force. You know what I mean? And that's, and like, that's a problem. I think like I've learned, um, like you cannot do this to your body. Like, you know, like that's not being kind, you know, if I'm going to be kind to people, like why would I not be yeah. kind to myself? Like if you went yeah. and uh, if you asked your vagina, like, Hey vagina, <laughs> what, you, what do you, what do you want to do today? It's not going <laughs> to say if, and it's tired or whatever, it's not going to say, no, oh, let's go on five mile hike right now. No, it's going to be like, Let's just chill. That's yeah. what your vagina would say. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you're like, right now I'm very content with just, um, walking my dogs and not in a hurry. Um, 
going to the gym, keeping it chill, listening to some podcasts, you know what I mean? Just doing all these other learning things. Learning from embodying muffin. Oh my gosh. Be the muffin. Yeah. Just for reference, (laughs) that is my dog. dog. Yeah. Yeah, If you ever follow me on Instagram, you're going to see him and he sleeps 20 hours. Go on walks and he's just like, I'm coming up. Slow down. Yeah. That dog refuses to walk fast. Like it is the most embarrassing thing when I'm walking him down the street because I'm dragging him and people well, not dragging him. I mean, he's like, an yeah, you're like, sometimes I do that with my, in summer, it's like too hot for her really quick. And so she starts walking behind me and I'm like, we just need to make it back to the house. People are going to think I'm abusing you. And I'm like, if I carry this dog, it's going to look even more embarrassing. Oh my God. Um, But also some of the things that come up, which I kind of talked to you about is that we actually recently just found out that I'm pregnant. So again, what the (laughs) F she told me just before the call. And I was just like, what the freak? Because this whole journey of yours has been like, I don't even, at the beginning, you didn't even want kids. And then I like, I I want the option. Like, I don't want to like take it off the table. I just want my to work. Yeah. And, and like, and so this is just to be so encouraging to people listening. Like, I feel like you went through a period quite a bit of time where you were like, I wonder if this is even possible for me. So that's so interesting. Yeah. So my husband and I have been married about 10 years. And so our family finally just stopped asking because it's been like (laughs) 10 years, right? You guys are so stubborn. Oh, so stubborn. Right. But literally five years of that, I didn't have a period. So like it wasn't an option. It hasn't been an option really mm-hmm. in since last November. And so when I was talking about my sex drive, I mean, literally it was, it's so interesting because now it's like, I can trust my body to be like, I'm not playing, I'm ovulating. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. don't play with me. <laughs> I'm ovulating. So I use the natural cycles and they're like, it's the hormone free where you just take your temperature underneath your tongue. And so I had learned, you know, obviously my temperature and then when it spikes, I know that I ovulated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, so I noticed that like, after I ovulated, I noticed that my temperature was staying a little bit. They were staying up. And I was like, no, what? I'm like all tingly and shit right now. Dude, I remember looking at my app being like, uh, like, excuse me, you're supposed to drop by now because that's how awesome your body will, like, you know, like it has a system. It knows what it's doing. And, and it has so, such like, a system. There's a procedure. There's a tiny little project manager in there that's like, you guys, <laughs> keep, <Go. laughs> keep, yeah. uh, keep it up. We've got to keep the eggs warm. Totally. You guys produce mucus right now. Keep them alive in the crib while we just prep the uterus it's like so amazing and ah, i just like i cannot wait to be looking at my temps and see them not drop after the third day and be like so what when when did this happen so we're about 10 weeks like we'll be like 11 on saturday so i'm about to go get my first sonogram get out of my town right now so that's like two months yeah yeah so it, so it was interesting because even if I didn't, I, I technically didn't need a positive test to tell me because I knew my body was already acting differently. Dude, there's like, like, I already ah, knew. What, I already what happened? Knew. Tell me, tell me the other things. Oh yeah. So 
when natural cycles say that they're 99.9% effective, like they mean it. <laughs> right. So, so basically it was like the first red day of, you know, like, so basically like five days and I think that, yeah, about five days before you ovulate, you know, like you start to have red days, but like, I was like, I had just got back from a trip. Like my libido was high. My husband was there. He was looking good. And I was like, no, we're good. Like we don't need to take any other extra precautions or anything like that. I was like, I was like, please. It's like the very first day, right? Cause sperm can live for five days before you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like five days before you ovulate. Right. And so I was just like, I'm sure we'll be fine again, like we're 10 years together. So at this point, like we were never going to plan to have kids is like, our goal was always like, if it happens, it happens. And obviously we've been successful. And right. so you like, kind of like, it. you sort of knew that, that it was your fertile window, but you were like, yes. what are the chances? Totally. Still? I was like, like yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah. I was like, what are the chances? Like, and honestly, um, not that I doubted my body after having HA, but it's I mean, just... it hasn't been a full year since, exactly. since I've had. No, you know I would mean? have been the exact same way. Yeah. I would have been the same way because the more you learn about cycles, you're like, how does anyone get pregnant? Exactly. Like, what the hell? It's just like two days. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, I would have been like, nah, when I want to get pregnant, I'm probably going to have to try really hard. and like, I'm probably going to have to try. I'm probably going to have to like yes, exactly. three to four months. Exactly. And then I'm probably going to have to, I don't know. I agree with you logic <laughs> i agree with your logic 100 and i would have been like no nah, so, so clearly it. not good logic but i remember um so then like when like my temperature wasn't dropping i remember going to my husband and being like so i just want to give you a heads up like my temperature <laughs> still seems to be a little high and he like turned from the refrigerator and was like what and i was like relax relax you would have to have like super sperm to survive like five days before I ovulate. No, you would have to have super pH levels up in there. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And so he was like, oh, okay. You know, he was like, he was like, please. Wait, so was this like the five, like five days ago, like five days prior to ovulation when you had sex? Yes. And like then, right like, in the window, like the yes, edge of the you, window. The ah! very edge. So, you know, obviously like, you know, like the next day, like we did have sex, but like we use like condoms. Right, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah right because like i was like i'm not trying to get pregnant right yeah. i just wasn't taking you seriously yesterday but today i'm going to anyways and so sure enough like when, when my temperature didn't drop and i think like i was actually able no no i i took a pregnancy test on the day that i was supposed to start my period from last you know just the information from like last right. month and sure enough it said pregnant and i was like okay mm. And so I was like, I don't believe this. And so I literally, the next day I took a pregnancy test and I'm like, I'm still pregnant. I'm still pregnant. Like, like, wait, you like, did the, and the test had your pre So yeah, the second, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How, like, what, how do you even react in that way? I, 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 I don't even know. I just stood there like, um, <laughs> well, I guess it's real. <laughs> you know what I mean? What the like, shit? Uh, how did you tell yeah. Blake? What did you do? Um, or was he right there when you were taking the test? No, I literally just came out and showed it to him. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at me like, uh, you know what I mean? Oh, that yeah. is so freaking, I'm just like living vicariously through the uterus right now. Do it. I mean, that is so but, wild. How, who have you told? Like, what did your parents say? Oh my gosh. So, 
so like we did wind up telling him because you know how some people wait till the 12 weeks and i was like no. well like not only for like the grand public announcement that's true that's true um i told them i told our parents and they were like all of them were crying because think about it, like this is like 10 years of them like asking you know what i mean 10 years to where they were just like you know so obviously i mean um clearly it's a surprise but again i go back to like me being here right now and just being in this season of it's okay if i'm not at the gym for two plus hours it's okay that i'm comfortable with resting like it's Look at okay all this evidence now like yeah successful just, conception is basically like the highest level of accomplishment that your uterus can provide outside of I suppose carrying to full term and so you're just like that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't done any of this work no and it's so interesting is that like before when I was like really lean people assumed that that's when I was the healthiest but my body yeah, was like exactly you know I mean? yes like, my body was like nothing is going on down here this is a completely broken system <laughs> you know what I mean that can come back online but I will not allow life to exist here because these like you're just not healthy enough you know what I mean in my particular case and so to see me like 40 pounds heavier and my body was like yeah now's a good time now is the perfect time you know what I mean really just allows you to sit there and just say like oh you know what I mean? Again, it's just this constant con um, conversation of what is health, you know what I mean? Um, and especially if you're, you know, and not saying that people who can't conceive are not healthy, like that's clearly not what we're saying, you know, like this is solely just like for me, but to think of how many, and then like, it really makes you go down this rabbit hole of how many people, which I was almost that person, have been referred to IVF. Yes, that's the thing. A lot of the people you know who I mean? quote unquote can't can't conceive, a lot of those people can conceive. Your story is is like you had so much shit going on. You hadn't had a period in forever. You were losing your hair. You had a yeah. thyroid issue. Like you are one of those people who quote unquote are infertile and are you yeah. were you were recommended to IVF. You went to an IVF specialist. There are a lot of people out there with your exact story who but 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 like clearly you didn't need those things. And there are no. definitely people out there who need IVF and are super happy that it's an option for all of those people. Absolutely. But, absolutely. But it's just like that's what we're saying here. There are a lot of people who there is hope for. Well, I think that, yeah, 100% and totally if like, if like IVF is your jam, go for it. I kind of already knew based on how bad I responded to HRT. And I'm not saying that like everyone will respond that way. I do think that um, if you're going to mimic the body, then you have to be very in tuned and you have to be very experienced on how to adjust certain hormones. But when I was going through HRT and I literally felt like the the people who say that IVF was very difficult for them because the emotional, like hormonal mood swings, literally to the point where I would have a great day. I was, I remember this clearly. I was like with my family. It was beautiful. Like I was out in Arizona. So, you know, I was in the desert. I would walk to this clubhouse, do my work, walk back for lunch, have lunch with my family, go back to the clubhouse, work, come back, 
and my stepmom would ask me, Hey, how's, how's your day? Crying, just bawling my eyes out crying. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just this terrible, like weeping type of thing. And so to think that thankfully, because I didn't want kids, I didn't feel pressured to do IVF as if it was my only option. You know what I mean? And so I think sometimes, and think about up it's like, had I not heard your story, started to really get into those few doctors, um, no period, now what, Laura Bryden and Dr. Jolene Brighton, I would have walked into that IVF appointment like so dependent on this medical professional's opinion and recommendations because I wouldn't have had the information to be like, first off, I can't believe you just recommended hormone uh, birth control, which we already know has so many issues, you know, and if you're on birth control, like, like, I don't care. It just was not a good option for me type of thing. And then to go straight to keeping me infertile by putting me on birth control mm-hmm. and then pumping me full of hormones in order to prompt my body to get pregnant and not knowing that there is this whole other option and it does take time and it may cause you to like feel uncomfortable by having some weight gain. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, I guess I, my heart hurts for those that go into IVF without All of the ever exploring. Yeah. Never mm-hmm. exploring HA and giving that a shot first. I think like that's calling. a really good way to put it. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. It's like, there are definitely people out there who, you know, that all in and, and hypothalamic amenorrhea as a diagnosis isn't going to be for them, but I still hope you all get to explore it as an option and have right. the experience that <laughs> Ashley's having right now. Yeah. Where MOFO <laughs> is like a pregnant, where's a blood? You know what? This call has gone on for an hour, over an hour. So I'm going to call it, but Thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm so freaking pumped. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Gonna be sick. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the HA podcast. I have a couple of quick things to say. The first one is you would help so many other women plugging around on the internet, aimlessly looking for info on hypothalamic amenorrhea. If you were to leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, for this podcast it helps it come up easier in the search functions of google and of the podcast so by you doing that you are helping a bunch of other women and then also if you are loving these conversations that i'm having with amazing women a bunch of them are my friends a bunch of them i've had many conversations with over the years you can actually come and binge more of our conversations over at the adulting advice podcast which is a podcast i have with my friend hannah we do episodes together and we do episodes with tons of the guests that you've heard on this podcast already so if you want to head over there we talk about body image career relationships business so go check out adulting advice podcast and episodes of that come out on mondays so you can listen to us on monday and then you can listen to us on wednesday and it's all the best. Okay, guys, have a good day.